Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the I Play Team podcast. I'm your host, Rob Adler. This week, college hockey player Dara Gregg joins the show. Currently, Dara is a fifth-year senior at Colgate, where she's averaging a point a game over her two-plus seasons with the Raiders. Prior to Colgate, Dara played at Wisconsin, where, as a sophomore, she won a national championship. As a junior hockey player in 2017, she suited up for Canada in a summer series versus the USA. Her brother, Ridley Gregg, currently plays for the Ottawa Senators, and her father, Mark Gregg, played nine seasons in the NHL. Dara, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you for being here. First question is, how did your love of hockey come to be? Love of hockey definitely started at a really young age, obviously, with my dad, who played hockey pretty much his whole life. And then my mom played a little bit of hockey as well. So I was actually born in New Jersey where my dad was playing. And then we went over to Germany a bit when I was younger, but was just always around the game, watching my dad play at a really young age, obviously. And then growing up, my dad had us on skates pretty much before we could walk. So me and my older sister and younger brother just had always played and didn't really have much of a choice but to play. So the love for the game definitely started at a really young age. What was it like to be in Germany as a young child watching hockey and just getting to experience another country? I was pretty young, so I don't remember too much of it. I remember at my dad's hockey games, the rink and the atmosphere at the games was pretty insane. My mom has a story that she likes to tell of my dad getting in a fight in the game and I started crying in the stands because I was scared he was going to get hurt. So kind of funny. So it's a really popular sport over there as well. And I'd love to go back and get to see it again now that I'm older, but I definitely hold on to those memories. Between your parents, your siblings and you, who's the best skater in the family? I'd actually probably have to go with my older sister, Kyra. She's a pretty smooth skater. I'll expand the question. Who's the better athlete? Better athlete in general. I think I'm going to go with myself. I'm pretty good at basketball, and I think that's a sport that hits a lot of athletic qualities. And I'm better than my brother at that, but he would be better at baseball, so maybe a (laughs) toss-up. In terms of basketball, what skills translate into your hockey game? I think, obviously, hand-eye coordination, just like small skill areas on the ice as well. And then, I mean, I think cross-sport training has proven to be pretty beneficial for all hockey players. So I think off-ice agility and quickness that obviously you train for in basketball. I played basketball throughout high school. So just quickness and then, like I said, hand-eye. So I guess those two in specific. You were born in the U.S. but have represented Canada internationally. Did you grow up after Germany, mostly in Canada? Yeah, when I was younger, only spent like a year in the U.S. And then we went to Germany for four or five years. And then I moved back to Coldale, Alberta, which is a small town where my mom's from. And my dad grew up only two hours away in Nanton. So we moved back there once my dad had retired playing professional hockey. So I guess when I was in high school at the U18 level, I got an invite to the Hockey Canada camps. So I just kind of went with that. And I think there is a way you can decide to represent the other country, like U.S. for me, if I'd want to. But I think that I identify as more Canadian than American. So I stuck with Canada. What's it like to grow up in small town Alberta? I love Alberta. It's home, obviously. 
I think that growing up on a farm was pretty cool and just kind of having the sense of no rules running around the farm and the small town where everyone knows everyone. My grandma and grandpa still live on the farm that I grew up on, so go back there a lot, definitely home. I'm still good friends with a lot of guys that I played hockey with growing up from there, so it's pretty cool to to see now that we're older where everyone ended up at because whether they're using their scholarship from the WHL or a guy on the men's hockey team at Penn State, so it's pretty cool. Alberta, definitely home. What was it like playing with guys growing up? Definitely had its pros and cons. I think a definite pro would be like, always had to have your head up. Obviously, when I got to the peewee age, it was hitting. So I learned pretty quick to can't have your head down going through the neutral zone. But it was good. I'm still really good friends with a lot of those guys that I played with at that age. And they had my back pretty much out there on the ice all the time. So if anyone took a run at me, they were going to get it back as well. But I think it definitely helped my development for sure in regards to hockey. Were there all women's teams available where you were growing up just because it was such a small place? For minor hockey, there was one team in Vauxhall, which is a little over an hour drive from Coldale or Lethbridge. So in my grade eight years, so I played as a double underage and it was all right. I played with my sister on that team that year. And then after that, the team actually got shut down, unfortunately. And so I ended up going back to playing boys hockey, which was a bit of a higher level, so a little bit better anyways. But as far as women's programs or teams, there was the Calgary Edge program, which is two and a half hours from home. So I would have had to leave at a really young age, obviously, which I eventually did end up leaving in high school. I had to leave home to go play at the Pursuit of Excellence, which is now called RHA in Kelowna there. I went and billeted and played three years there. But again, like I said, away from home. So in a lot of the small towns, there's definitely not a lot of women's programs. But I think that slowly as the game grows, there will be more options for people. What was it like to play with your sister? Because with the age difference, I imagine that wasn't an opportunity that was always there. I feel pretty lucky because I actually got to play with my older sister and with my younger brother at different times throughout minor hockey. So definitely I love playing with my sister. We had our arguments, but (laughs) it was a special year and it was pretty cool. I think she was a center on my line at one point as well. So we got to play together on the same line a little bit as well. But it was a cool year and it was nice for my parents. They could watch both of us together. You mentioned you played with your brother. That's pretty cool, too, and pretty rare. I know it happened in the ECHL, and I'm forgetting who it is, but what was it like? Because that's not something that happens all the time. I mean, it was pretty cool because I was his older sister, but he was kind of playing boys hockey with me. So we kind of each had each other's back in a different way, I guess, because at the time, my brother didn't hit a growth spurt until quite a bit later, so... He was the smallest one out there and I was the girl. So (laughs) sometimes we had a bit of a target on our back, but we definitely grew pretty close as siblings. And then, yeah, we played spring hockey together after like the minor hockey year. Got to travel a little bit. I know our spring hockey team went to California one year, which was pretty cool. You mentioned you were billeted in Kelowna for American listeners who don't 
know or understand the billup system. Could you kind of explain what that's all about? Basically, in high school, I left home to go attend high school and a hockey academy. Kelowna is about 12 hours away from Lethbridge. So you get placed with a family. My first year, it was another girl that was on the team as well. So I moved into their house and lived with their family. And it's kind of a bit like having a second family, I guess. So I had a really good experience my first year. I actually had five different billets over three years, which was a bit unique, but I was in a couple not great situations, but I also had some really awesome billet families. So I think for most, it can be a pretty positive experience and you gain some pretty close friends and family. Five billets in three years. Holy cow. How were you able to adjust bouncing around and being able to play hockey and get your schoolwork done? I had a billet move away and then a situation that just didn't really work out. And then I had a really great billet. They ended up taking some different billets the next year. So it was just a bit chaotic, I guess. But I think I grew up pretty fast in the situations I was put in. And so I think in that sense, anyways, I was definitely ready for college, I guess, by the time I left because I'd already been living away from home and a bit on my own. So I think that the academy definitely prepared me in that sense for college. But I think that, to be honest, in high school, I put school on the back burner a lot of the time. I was having a little too much fun with hockey. I think I could have done a better job balancing school hockey and then social life and the billeting and being away from home. But I'm a pretty social person, so I was lucky I never gotten homesick before, which helped a lot. What was the recruiting process like for you? It happened when I was pretty young grade nine, grade 10. So you're getting phone calls from schools and it was definitely confusing, a little bit scary. I think it was definitely too young to know what I wanted and where I wanted to go and what would be a good fit. So I had a lot of options, I guess, in high school. I narrowed it down to the University of North Dakota and then obviously Wisconsin. Like I said, a pretty social person who didn't necessarily care that much about school when I was in grade 10. So I wanted a big school, a fun school. So North Dakota definitely stayed in the picture because it was a little bit closer to home. And then within the last couple of weeks of having to make a final decision, the University of North Dakota women's team, obviously, as you know, got cut. So that kind of made my decision for me. So I committed to Wisconsin, I think, at the end of grade 10 year, which I think it was just too young to really know what you wanted now They changed the rules, so I think it's the end of grade 11. So it gives girls a little more time to grow up and have a better head on their shoulders when they're making a decision like that that impacts the next four years of your life. So I guess I wished that I'd looked at more options, and I wish I did more visits, and I wish I kind of knew what I wanted. And I guess I'd wish I'd just been older, to be honest, and able to make a decision with a better head on my shoulders. Recruiting thing is such a tough process because schools are trying to sell themselves to you and you're trying to make a fit basically based off of sometimes one or just two-day visits. So it's kind of a, I don't want to say a crapshoot, but almost like that. It felt rushed. It felt stressful. And at the time when I was being recruited, the schools weren't able to pay for your official visits when you were that young. So I was getting pressure to make decisions and I hadn't even really seen any of the places that I was looking at. So I guess I'd wish I'd just been older and 
able to make a decision. When you got to Wisconsin, what were your initial reactions and what was the adjustment like? Because obviously Madison's a bigger city than what you were used to growing up. I love Madison. I love Wisconsin. The campus is beautiful. There's so much to do all the time. Outside of hockey, I just had a blast. I love that campus and I've been back to visit a couple of times since transferring. So the big city, it's a lot of fun. It was an adjustment. I think I spent a little bit too much time partying instead of school. My grades definitely reflected that freshman, sophomore year. But college is a lot harder to manage everything than high school was with the school aspect being a little bit more hard. Non-hockey related here. Did you ever go to a tailgate for a Wisconsin football game? Yeah, my freshman year before COVID hit, we had a bye weekend and Wisconsin was playing Michigan, actually. So it was a pretty unreal experience, honestly. The campus is just crazy and it's a huge party and there's so much to do. And coming from Canada, I didn't realize how big of a deal college football was. So it was insane to me at the time. I couldn't believe the amount of school pride and just how crazy people were. I remember walking to the game as a team and there was someone wearing a Michigan jersey across the street walking to the game and they were getting like eggs thrown at them. It was uh, such a cool experience and definitely if you've never been to a college game day on a campus like that, you should definitely put it on your bucket list. I've been to a few and I will say Madison, Wisconsin and Camp Randall is the best college tailgate in the country. Yeah, pretty awesome. COVID hitting in basically the middle of your freshman year. Kind of take me through the whole thing of when it happened, how you had to deal with school, how you were able to get home. When it hit fully, Clarkson was flying to Wisconsin and we were going to play the first round of the tournament game. And it was a Thursday. We were supposed to play them Friday and we were all sitting in the lounge and no one really knew what was going on. There was talk that the game was going to be canceled. And then Thursday night, we kind of were all told that Clarkson's plane's getting turned around and the season's over. And we were ranked number one at the time. And we had a great team that year. The seniors were unreal and we were favorable to win the national championship. And for the seniors, it was pretty heartbreaking. So to not be able to play out that year, I think was tough obviously on me but I felt pretty bad for the upperclassmen as well because they'd been here and they really wanted it so it was tough and then we realized our season basically wasn't playing out and then there was just kind of a lot of questions it was chaos and I went back to my dorm and there's people running around and some people were crying in the lobby because no one just really knew yet what was going on and then the next day we were kind of told that everyone's got to get sent home and school and exams are going to resume online. So yeah, it was definitely a pretty crazy thing to experience and go through in your freshman year because you're kind of young and figuring out. So my parents booked me a flight home the next day and within a couple of days I was at home and school resumed online all through Canva and Zoom meetings and final exams were all online. So they finished up the year that way. But it was a pretty crazy experience going from the big city, Madison, fun, party life, playoffs about to start, everyone's excited. And then just to have everything canceled and get sent home was devastating for myself and a lot of people. And 
I don't really know how to describe it, I guess, other than that, because it was just sad. And I'm still kind of sad that year never got to play out. Since you were able to make it home, what was the next six months or so like for you? And in Canada, the restrictions were actually worse than they were in the U.S.? We were in kind of like you said, full quarantine for three months there, I think, at home in Lethbridge. And my dad had started creating a gym in our garage at home. So we were pretty lucky. We had enough pieces to get a decent workout in most days. And then me and my brother set up like a shooting net in our backyard with a shooting pad and some pucks. So spent a lot of time shooting pucks and just working out, playing board games. I guess for my family, in a little bit of a sense, it was nice. We got to spend some quality family time together because with my dad being a scout, he was always traveling and Ridley always had hockey. I was away from home for high school, so we never truly got that much family time together. So I guess one positive thing to come from that was that we had my whole family home for obviously a long time, so got to spend some quality time together. But day to day, it was just kind of workout, shoot pucks. I know we watched a lot of documentaries as a family and TV and board games. And then I believe early June, they told us we could come back to Wisconsin, just athletes, just to train and skate. So myself and I would say most of the team did that. We went back to campus and we could train at the training facilities, obviously with a mask on and there's still a bunch of COVID measures and rules. So it wasn't normal, for sure not normal. We skated in small groups, worked out, but we got to be together as a team, which was nice, and then do some outdoor activities like biking, swimming in the lake and whatever. And then even halfway through summer, some people got COVID and sent away and then we were in quarantine again. So it was kind of just constantly someone was getting positive and then it was another quarantine. So I was happy to be at Wisconsin, but it wasn't normal life at all. That's for sure. There was another quarantine, right? You guys were supposed to start your season and then there was another quarantine, I think, right after. Yeah, I think we'd only played one game and then most of our team had tested positive. So then our season actually got shut down, I think, until January. So we were kind of on and off of practicing, practicing in small groups, like single skill sessions, skating on your own, whatever, for the first half of the year, which was not ideal at all. And it kind of sucked in a lot of ways, but we got through it. And then now that everyone had already kind of tested positive or had COVID, we kind of knew that in the second half we would be able to continue playing because there wouldn't be as many positives. But the first half was not ideal. What was it like finally in January to be able to get back on the ice and actually playing in a game again? I kind of remember the first practice that we had the whole team out there together and everyone was just super excited, honestly. It kind of just felt a little bit like normal again. It was a moment where you realize that you can't really take game days for granted or playing hockey for granted. It was just so much fun to finally have a full week of practice and then games to look forward to. It was awesome. What was the ride like on the way to the national championship? It was in Erie. And I mean, everyone kind of does their own pregame things. So the bus, it was relatively quiet, I'd say. I'm not one to take games too serious. So. I was joking around, just hanging out, talking, but our team that year usually kept things pretty light. Lots of joking around going on, sewer ball. So 
I think that there was certainly nervousness, but we had a really strong group of seniors and Mackenzie Stephan, Abby Rock, that had already been there and won a national championship. So they felt confident. So I think everyone else seeing how confident they were kind of calmed the nerves. Was there any pressure playing there just because of the storied history that Wisconsin women's hockey has? I don't think if there was, anyone felt it too much. I know the seniors kind of reiterated, we're the better team, we're going to win. And throughout the year, we didn't lose too often. So I felt confident. I mean, I'm not going to say I knew that we were going to win, but I had a pretty good feeling that that we were going to win it. And I think that a lot of people felt that as well. What was it like to hold the trophy? It was a pretty cool experience, something I'm definitely grateful for. And then the plane ride back, it was just so fun. Just such a sweet life experience that I got to have. So there's truly no words. It was such a sweet experience. It was just cool. A sweet team to be a part of. Even to this day, I'm still close with a lot of those girls. What was it like when you got back to campus to celebrate it with not just your fellow classmates, but just the school in general? We actually got back to our campus really late. I think it was like 2 a.m. or something. And we kind of all just grabbed the trophy and ran to State Street. And it was funny because literally anyone that was walking around at the bar joined us in the middle of State Street and everyone just started jumping up and down and cheering. So I remember that being pretty funny. And then I think we headed to someone's apartment and just kind of partied the night away. And then in the morning, we went to a restaurant that had bottomless mimosas and everyone at the school was buying us drinks and bottles of champagne. And the whole school was just cheering us on, it seemed like. So it was pretty sweet. You felt like a bit of a celebrity the couple of weeks after we'd won it. Bottomless mimosas and champagne. I'm surprised you remember the day at all. Yeah, it was a long couple of weeks in that sense, but pretty fun. You're coming off winning the national championship. What led your decision to transfer away from Wisconsin? My freshman, sophomore year, I didn't get much opportunity and I had a hard time getting in the lineup and getting to play a regular shift. And I just felt like I didn't want to spend my whole college career not fully playing. So after we'd won and the celebrations had died down, I thought about it and I decided to enter the transfer portal and see what other opportunities I could get elsewhere. And then Colgate had reached out and complete opposite school from Wisconsin. But I remember the coaches early from the recruiting process. I had a connection with a friend from high school who went to Colgate and enjoyed it. I knew it was a place where I could be an impact player and that's what I wanted. So I decided Colgate was the right fit for me and it's been unreal so far. So I'm really glad that I made the decision to transfer here, but I do not regret my time at Wisconsin at all. For a lot of people, they've never been to Hamilton, New York, or know that much about Colgate. Can you kind of talk about the city and the university a little bit more? So it's a small town, Hamilton. The school is only about 3,000 students, which Wisconsin, it was like 40,000. So that was definitely a big change to the system. Classes here, I had a class with six people in it. And then the biggest class you'll have is like 30 people in Wisconsin. It was a lecture hall of 500 people. So it feels more like high school, I guess, in that way. And then Hamilton is a super small town, only a couple bars, small shops, 
There's like a Dunkin, a Subway, but really, really small town. So that was also a bit of a shock to the system. When I transferred here, can't go to Chipotle or Starbucks every day. It's a small town. It's a small community. But in that sense, it's a little bit homey. You get to know everyone pretty well. It's a really safe community as well for college. It's a good spot for sure. Just a lot smaller than what I was used to, but I've learned to love it. When you talk to your Canadian friends and you say Hamilton, do you have to make sure that you're talking about Hamilton, New York? I imagine they think a different Hamilton. Yeah. (laughs) People from Canada, I say, oh, I go to school in Hamilton, New York, and they, oh, New York, that's cool. But I'm like, no, like (laughs) Hamilton's not that cool. It's not like New York City, that's for sure. You kind of got to clarify it's a really small town, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Well, that's a lot of upstate New York, almost no matter where you are outside of New York City. A lot of those are really small places. Yeah, for sure. You get to Colgate, you're making the adjustment. How quickly were you able to make an impact on the ice? After kind of not playing for two years, I was pretty excited to get here and just to get a chance to play really and see what I could do. And the coach, Greg Fargo, he gave me a really good opportunity right off the bat. I got to play first line with Danielle Serdak, and he was a great player, and a lot of other good players, and got some power play time. And so I didn't know how good I'd be or what, but I think a couple games in, I definitely was able to make an impact pretty quickly, which was sweet. With that team in that particular year, definitely I got to jump right in and make an impact right away. And I just had a lot of fun. I got to play finally, so I was just riding a high, I guess. (laughs) You were a unique number in terms of being number 77, which I can only really think of a couple of hockey players and Paul Coffey and Ray Bork as well as NBA player Luka Doncic. How did you end up choosing that number? 17 and 7 runs in my family a bit. As you know, my brother's 71 with Ottawa. He was 17. My dad was 17 when he played. So growing up, I always took number seven. And when I Went to Wisconsin, I wore number seven, and when I came to Colgate, they said you could pick kind of any number you wanted. I don't know, for whatever reason, I decided I didn't want to be just seven. I decided to be 77 and switch it up. I thought, I don't know, maybe it'd be better luck. So I kind of just went with 77, but it wasn't off of Paul Coffey, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, I would say a point of game over the last two years, switching up for better luck, you've certainly done that. Yeah. (laughs) How hard is it to maintain that level of consistency game in and game out for you? It's challenging for sure. Last season, the first half, I was in a bit of a drought. I wasn't playing well, wasn't putting up points. So maintaining consistency is definitely really hard. In the ECAC, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of good teams. So on most nights, you're playing a rather decent opponent. I guess kind of getting in that groove of same routine every week and just kind of no matter how you play, kind of keeping the same routine, keeping the same mindset going into every game, I found was key. You have a teammate from Czechia whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I think I might just butcher it. She currently leads the team in scoring. Just how good of a player is she? That's Kulti Koltinkova. I've got to play with her quite a bit. She's a good player. She's solid, skilled. Been a lot of fun playing together. We're playing together this year again. So she's at center now, which has been good. We play pretty well together. 
Has she brought you any kolaches from her homeland? I think she's talked about it before, but she's never brought any, so I might have to get on her about it. <laughs> she's holding out on you. Yeah, I'm going to have to bug her today at practice about it. A couple last things before I let you go. What was it like playing for Canada against the USA? Because no matter what sport it is, that's a huge rivalry. I got to go to Lake Placid with the under-8 team, Team Canada, in the summer series. And we played the U.S. in a three-game series. It was sweet. We got to play in the Miracle Rink there in Lake Placid as well, which was really, really cool. I think we lost the Series 2-1, I'm pretty sure. I played the first game. I got scratched the second game, played the third game. But it was just such an honor, obviously, to represent your country and get to play in a heated kind of rivalry series like that. It was intense, and it was a lot of fun, to be honest. When you were first chosen for Team Canada for that series, what was your reaction like? I was just so excited and honored, and it felt pretty cool that being from small town in Alberta, there's barely a lot of Alberta girls that got invited to the camp to begin with. So it was pretty cool that I got to make it. So such a sweet experience, and I'm pretty lucky that I got chosen and got to play in that. Growing up, who were your hockey idols or the players that you tried to pattern your game after? Well, me and my brother, growing up Flyer fans, obviously we watched Claude Giroux a lot. So I guess I'd probably say Claude Giroux, which is pretty funny because now my brother's playing on a team with him, which is pretty crazy to watch. But like his grit, his work ethic, but then obviously the skill that's there is pretty elite too, so... I don't know if my game's modeled around that, but definitely looked up to and watched him play a lot growing up. Away from the hockey rink, what are some of the things you like to do? In the summer specifically, I guess, I really enjoy hiking, which is fun. And then I guess outside of the rink, I really enjoyed my major in film and media and video editing. I run the TikTok account for our Colgate women's hockey team, which is pretty fun. Last year, I worked as a intern with one of the editors here that does the media for Colgate Sports. So I got to learn a little bit about that and the editing. So pretty interested in that type of things, I guess. You mentioned hiking. Where's your favorite place to hike? My family has a cabin. It's on Lake Moyi and there's a ton of hikes around our cabin within like hour, two hour drives. There's a lot of good trails. I did one last summer called Bear Lake where you kind of hike up and then there's kind of a lake inside on top of the mountain, which is just pretty sweet. So me and my dad and family do a lot of those in the summer, which I've really grown to enjoy. What do you want to do once you graduate? I'm not entirely sure yet, although I do need to figure that out pretty soon. I know that continuing playing hockey, whether that's overseas or if I'm able to find a spot on the new women's national league, that's obviously an option. Or maybe I retire from hockey and look to find a job in sports media, or even I've thought about coaching a lot. So I think that any one of those options I could definitely see myself enjoying, but going to have to figure that out pretty soon here. With the potential of coaching, who are some of the coaches that have really made an impact on your career? I would say definitely growing up, I got to play under Coach Mike Dick a lot. 
He's an assistant coach for the Toronto Marlies now. His son was Carson Dick, plays at Penn State now, was the same age as me. So he coached our age group growing up in spring hockey. And he knew when to yell at you and when to teach. And I learned a lot about hockey from him and my dad as a mentor. My dad coached a little bit when he was around, but he was traveling a lot for his job scouting. I just get to be a student of the game. And at Colgate here, obviously, the coaching staff's awesome. You won't find anyone that cares more about you. So I've been pretty lucky. How close are you and your siblings? Because all three of you are in different locations now. We're very close. We try to spend as much time as we can together in the summer, which is sweet. And then obviously just FaceTime and text. And we do our best to keep in touch. And my siblings, definitely two of my best friends for sure. And it's pretty sweet that my brother is only three and a half hours, four hours away from me here at Colgate. Even last year when he was playing with Belleville, they played in Utica and I got to go watch a game there. So hopefully this year at some point, whether that's in the spring or after season, I'll go visit him or he can make it down here. But definitely really close. We do our best. Did he score or get an assist in the game in Utica? He had two goals, yeah. (laughs) They ended up losing in overtime, but it was a fun game. I had a bunch of my teammates there as well, so we had a lot of fun kind of cheering him on. What's a favorite story you have with your siblings? There's a good one that my dad likes to tell when me and my brother growing up in minor hockey, so pretty young, we played on a line together, and he was center and I was a winger, and I would get mad and yell at him about never passing to me enough, and my brother would yell at me for saying that I'm always open or something. And we kind of came off and started fist fighting on the bench. And my dad had to bench both of us for the rest of the game. And and we were in tears and yelling at each other and learned a pretty quick lesson, I guess, that can't really argue with your line mates like that because neither of you are going to have success that way. Dara, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the iPlay2 podcast today and sharing your memories of playing hockey growing up in Alberta, winning a national championship, and currently being a star at Colgate. Best of luck the rest of the season and continued success in the future. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you having me on. I've gotten to share a lot of my story and throughout hockey, so that's been awesome. And just thanks again for giving me the chance to kind of talk about it and asking me questions.